Yo. <laughs> I, you were asking. You, mm-hmm. were, you were asking a question. Yeah, we had a little <laughs> pre the fl- pre the show conversation. <laughs> My question for you is: Have you ever been trying to do something and just gotten so frustrated, and you're all by yourself that you just string together a nonsensical sequence of curse words directed at yourself in your general incompetence? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, yes, uh, pretty much at least every other day. Um, and I would say that there's still more common curse words than, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I still don't stray out of the, the FS. It's just kind of a, you know, FS, damn, F and S and damn, F and F. Like, <laughs> You know, what I mean? like, it just—it never goes. Feel fire and filth. <laughs> yeah, like, or just all Fs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? Like F and F and F F and R to F. So I definitely do that. Guarantee. Oh, that's the best. Have you ever done it so bad that you actually made yourself laugh and you stopped oh, yeah. being angry all day? All the, yeah, I think that's why I do it He's every other like, day. What did you just say? <laughs> but I, I think the best anger response is just a loud F. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and if you're if you are <laughs> if you're in a neighborhood of of you know any neighborhood of men fixing things, <laughs> at least once a year you can hear the faint <laughs> echo of that <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> hey neighbor, you need some help. <laughs> And all the men just peek up. The other day, somehow Uh-oh. I had uh, the side of the house has just been a junkyard for years. And I clean, finally cleaned it out a week ago, a week or two ago. There's like 14 barbecues on the side of the house. <laughs> and me, I'm dumb. I'm thinking, and there's no, it's not covered or anything. There's no, they're all completely a mess. Like I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to use these one day or whatever. Right. And I pick up one and the legs just fall out of it. And it's full of, still full of coals and like, you know, ash and everything. And so I'm carefully trying to make sure it doesn't tip over while I'm trying to put the legs back on it. (laughs) Just to move it three feet and then have the exact same thing happen again. So I took the whole thing. I carried it out to the backyard and just threw it as far as I could. <laughs> if that was an Olympic sport, boy, I'm contender. Frustrated, uh, be a contender. No, well, it, would, it couldn't be a single item, though. It has to be like frustrating things and how far you can throw them. Yeah, and you know then I mean? the uh, and then one of the events is how hard can you throw something just to have it bounce off a wall and come back and hit you in the face? Right, right. <laughs> it, 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 how how hard you know the throw and dodge, <laughs> right? Like oh, so, so, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, man. I speaking uh, my language, bro. I've definitely uh, been through it way too many times. <laughs> but I I can't say this though. I don't work on my car anymore. Matter of mm. fact, opening question. Okay. I, I think I know the answer to this already. Yeah. When is the last time you worked on your own car? 
Not, I mean, not on the engine. I can't even remember. I can't remember. Oh. I, I haven't changed oil on a car in, it's got to be 11 or 12 years at the least. At the very least. Um, oil change. Let's see, you know what? I think it's been about four years since I changed brakes. Oh, okay. But it was the like last time. Brakes or pads or? Brake pads, yeah. Okay. Last time I was ever going to do it. And I remember, I ask you because I re- distinctly remember the moment where I was like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just staring at the thing like, why are you doing this? <laughs> this is dumb. You it's like, I mean? that's the kind of thing where you go in and you're like, I know I'm going to cut my hands to shreds. I'm I'm not going to wear gloves because I'm an idiot. Well, but see, that was the and thing. And then also I don't heal as well as I used to. No, because you still got the scar forever. <laughs> that was the thing. I went out there like in a full hazmat suit <laughs> with gloves in it. And I'm looking at myself going, but if you got to do all this, just take it up to the shop. Like, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. So I did it. It wasn't it wasn't too big of a deal. But like I said, I do distinctly remember the moment I was I was, you know, um decompressing the caliper. Like I was and I was just like I just remember staring at it like <laughs> what happens when you mess this up? And you know you can mess it up. So I'm thinking, mm-hmm. why were you doing this? Like you don't have any money to go there. <laughs> stop stop already. What are you gonna do? Like <laughs> quit oh you know man I mean? i'm so yeah. it's this is a super sexist i'm so thankful that i don't have a son that i have to i feel some kind of need to teach certain things like oh no you're gonna gosh, have to learn man. how to do that you're, why don't you go ahead and jump on youtube real quick for real i'm sending him youtube links i uh, yeah my my daughter gets all of it just enough handyman language for for my for my liking, I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's cool. Daughters, I don't have to teach you any of this stuff. <laughs> I, this whole thing I just built is rickety and horrible, and both of your grandfathers would be like, "Ill," <laughs> but I don't have to explain it to you. So whatever. <laughs> I just taught her the other day. This is called an Allen wrench. This is a tool that you lose right after you, right before you need it, right after you lose it. Yes. You'll have a box of them somewhere in the house, but you'll somewhere. never be able to find them. We have them in a we have them in a, a Ziploc bag <laughs> in the thing drawer. <laughs> Everybody know it's in the kitchen. Uh, you know what it is. My my mother-in-law organized it the best that I've ever had a thing drawer organized in my life. And I'm still like, where is the stupid thing? Oh. <laughs> it's in the back oh, of the thing. Um, real quick before we move on, because this is random and a random item. So my um, my oldest daughter is getting into photography. Right. Um, shout out to Keisha and Tommy Black uh, for for selling us a, a Canon T six I. No dope. Um, so we go to this park in in a cove called Galster Park. Um, Galster Park is closed. Because it rained the night before, I guess. I don't know why it's closed. I'm being being 100% honest with you. So I'm like, well, there's a hole in the fence. You know what I mean? Let's go. 
So we cut through the whole defense because there's a you know, little area, lookout area to take pictures. No big deal. There are other people in there. There has to be a neighborhood entrance or whatever. So I'm like, let's do this. You know, don't mention this to your mom. <laughs> Get home. <laughs> mom. I'm like snitches. <laughs> I mean, snitches receive. <laughs> so anyway, no, oh. we had a good time though. Hey, I'm on. We had a good time. And okay. in the background, if you guys kind of see this, this is whatever. My DJ setup is here, so my my dude is behind me. You know what I mean? Who's that? Whoa. We don't have no name for him yet, but oh. he's in the background chilling, so just so y'all know. Okay. Squad That's... in the building. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kev. We got a lot to talk about, man. You ready to jump on the other side? Yep. Let's All right, y'all. Let's do this. Let's go. Rap Sucks Radio. Blah, 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 blah. What up, y'all? You are live on Rap Sucks Radio with your homeboy track life and your fam, Kev Sakota. Snitches end up in ditches. <laughs> I was so nervous that we were going to get, like, arrested for, like, a ticket. <laughs> That's what Is it really worth daughter. it, bro? Her first, like, record <laughs> is sneaking into a closed park with her dad. Anyway, um, thank y'all for tuning in. Uh, if you would like to catch past episodes of Rap Sucks Radio, you can go to rapsucksradio.com or any of your favorite podcasts and platforms. I think we're on we're on all of them now. They're, they're you know, unless you like SoundCloud, then no. But outside of that, um, you know, rapsucksradio.com. Mm-hmm. Or if you like to see this on your television, you can go to BTSN Pass. That's behind the scenes network. Uh, what you do is you download the app on your Roku, your Fire Stick, or your Fire TV. You click on the the app or channel, however it's named on that particular platform, and we right there. Me and Kev, we we big chilling. We right there. So big. holla at us, BTSN behind the scenes network. Let's get it popping. So Kev, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> is it? A, uh, yeah. Well, we we got to get this one out of the way. He's been on this show before. <laughs> friend, of the show. We, uh, friend of the show. Friend of the show. Uh, Kev, who has got to chill, man? Oh, Big Tom Cotton. <laughs> Big Cotton. I like how I like I like how you flip this. <laughs> Are me a ranger? <laughs> well, not really. <laughs> All right. Senator Tom Cotton campaigned on his experience as an army ranger, but mm. he didn't have any. What? Source on this is Salon.com. The players involved are Tom Cotton, again. Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas (laughs) has accrued a resume tailor-made for a Republican politician, as the notes read. He leapt from a small-town Arkansas cattle farm to Harvard University and then Harvard Law School. He left a leading New York firm to join the military after George W. Bush's re-election. He was discharged 
after nearly eight years and two war zone deployments as an army captain and a decorated hero, including two commendation medals, a bronze star and a ranger's tab. But when Cotton launched his first congressional campaign in 2012, he felt compelled to repeatedly falsify the honorable military record, even as he still served in the Army Reserve. In his <laughs> first run for Congress, Cotton leaned heavily on his military experience, claiming that he had been a U.S. Army Ranger in Iraq and Afghanistan and was in, and in a campaign ad to have volunteered to be an Army Ranger. In reality, though, Kev... Cotton was never part of the 75th Ranger Regiment, what? the elite unit that plans, conducts joint special military operations as part of the U.S. Special Operations Command. Mm -hmm. Rather, rather, Cotton attended the U.S. Ranger School, a two-month-long small unit practical infantry, cor infantry course that literally anyone in the military is eligible to attend. Soldiers who complete the course earn the right to wear the Ranger's tab. <laughs> uh, a small arch that reads ranger but in the eyes of military that does not make them actual army ranger mm. <laughs> there's more to this but kev let's get started i'm so <laughs> disappointed in him <laughs> let's go let's go i i'm like dude really it's he actually had a pretty decorated like you actually didn't have to do it. It was enough. Well, that's the thing. Me. Yeah, he's he's you know? he's you know you can't take away the fact that he served honorably for a number of right. years. You know, a couple couple active duty deployments. Um, and I don't think anyone would be making a big deal of this if he wasn't such, you know, punk no, ass since punk ass since sixteen nineteen. Tom Cotton. <laughs> but you can't listen, dude. Disparaging the military or pretending to be anything in the U.S. military that you're not is look, is heavily frowned upon. Stolen yeah. valor. Basically. <laughs> so it's like why – I don't understand why you would think that you could just jump on this. Like, oh, yeah, no, nah, we in here. Like, I'm part of this today. I mean, you took the class, fam. Yeah. You, you took the class. Like, I – I'm, that's more than I did. Yeah, I, I'm not fronting on it, but I'm just saying, like, come on, man, like, what, what's the fronting for? <laughs> you know your, I mean? your buddy totally bailed out on Vietnam multiple times, I'm like a champ. Like, like a you know what champ. I mean? I'm saying. It's like, do you really need to go any further than what you've already done? I don't know. He's <laughs> listen. Yeah. Cotton told the Hot Springs Sentinel uh, record. Nice. Good job. In February 2012, <laughs> my experience as a U.S. Army Ranger in Iraq and Afghanistan and my experience in business will put me in a very in very good condition. The year before, he told Robbie Brock uh, of Talk Politics in a video interview that he became an infantry officer and an Army Ranger. God, dude. Uh, a cotton campaign ad placed... In the Madison County record in May of 2012, identifies Cotton as a battle-tested leader who volunteered to be an Army Ranger. This is my favorite part. Salon <laughs> with the shade of the century, though. This was the shade. All right. 
reached for comment. Cotton spokesperson Caroline Tabler <laughs> told Salon in an email. Now, wait, I'd just like to note that very rarely do they ever give the name of the spokesperson. This mm. is why, this is how, this is the cool, <laughs> wonderful lemonade level shade. <laughs> lemonade drinking level shade this Salon threw. She said in her email, Caroline Tabler says, Senator Cotton graduated from Ranger School, and it's more of a Ranger than a salon reporter like you will ever be. Ooh. Ooh. Ouch. Got him. <laughs> the salon responds with, in parentheses, it is not clear whether Tabler herself is a Ranger or whether she graduated from Ranger School. <laughs> God, dog. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Them shots was fired. <laughs> Them shots was fire, fire, boy. Oh. They not messing around. Yeah. <laughs> they are not. <laughs> <laughs> the salon is written by jerks, boy. Y'all not messing around at all. They took that shade and fired it right back. Like, oh. We about to write a whole article, so get at me. <laughs> Whatever. We're really just doing this as a courtesy. Yeah. It's going down one way or the other, so. <laughs> feel how you feel. <laughs> I'm surprised that the email response didn't have Shouty in the beginning. Look, Shouty. <laughs> it's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh that uh, was great it's fun yeah that, that was good it's fun to catch this dude you know doing something <laughs> something else stupid something i mean but else. that's really all it is you know what it is he's like like I, I actually do believe that it's you know i don't think anyone would be making that big of a deal of it if it's like if he would have said I went to ranger school or whatever. There were multiple, you know, people quoted in the article saying, you know, if he it would have probably been more proper if he said he was ranger qualified, which I guess is the designation for if you've completed ranger school, which by all accounts is not the easiest thing in the world for the average person. Definitely not. Do. Cannot be. So, period. But it doesn't mean that, that it, but there is a distinction there. So if you would have just said that, I don't think anyone would have said anything. You know what I mean? And no, no one would have thought less of his service if he would have just said that, but the fact that he had to, now. yeah, that's yeah. the thing. So he had to take it a step further. It's like, um, and then he's done. But the reason I say that, that, that anyone, no one would have made a big deal is, is not only did he, you know, bend that wording a little bit, but he also has done so many silly things since then, mm-hmm. like this 1776 project or, you know, which yeah. he, I don't know if it's that's actually his thing, but he definitely talked uh-uh. trash about the 1619 project um, mm-hmm. extensively throughout the last year or so. Um, he's just so yeah, so he's you know it's like, it's like bro, you're a ranger, you know we're coming after you. You better take cover, dude. It's like, it's, it's like it just hit me. Yeah, What's he that? went after the six. He just he went after the 1619 project mm-hmm. for embellishments. Right. And falsities. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then turned around. 
Oh, man. Ooh, that pot in that kettle, boy. Mm. That pot is yelling black at that kettle. Black! <laughs> pot looking at the kettle like black. Black. <laughs> Go for kettle. Ooh. Hello? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Oh, dude. Now that that's out of the way, man, I I, yeah. I think Kev. Uh, first of all, you dominated the topic titles. Um, I would have to say, I'm the Tom Brady of topic titles. <laughs> yes. Oh God, don't remind me. Oh, um, <laughs> you know what's so gangster about that? I just saw a headline. Um, you know, right after the game, that he was cheered on by Giselle, as well as his ex. You know how Tom Brady you have to be for that to happen to you? For that to be the headline? I think that using him as a verb is perfect. (laughs) Do you know how damn Tom Brady I gotta be to get that's gonna be the wife? Can you can you paint the living room? Do you know how Tom Brady I gotta be to work and paint this living room? (laughs) Tom Brady doesn't make his own sandwiches. I'm saying Tom Brady does not Tom Brady his own. Listen, at this point... <laughs> Tom Brady does not Tom Brady his breaks. No. Um, Reg, I'm going to need you to finish this report by my... Do you... Tom Brady don't Tom Brady this? What you, what you think I'm a Tom Brady? Where we where, where find time to Tom Brady this? I, at this point, though, if you love him or hate him, just this is not part of the, anything that we talk about. But if you love, whether you love to do or hate to do, you got to give him his props. Hmm. Like, do you? That's it. Like, I mean, what else can you say? Do like, you? he can only do it with Belichick. Belichick at the house. <laughs> Belichick at the house. He at the crib. Just uh, he tried to watch it at the house with me. I was like, no, you ain't got your mask on. Man. I'm like, no, you can't come by here. Belly, Belichick has a has a presidential medal of freedom spaced hole <laughs> on his torn up t shirt right around here, exactly. right around this area. Man, they bailed on dude like, woof. <laughs> Doesn't the clever rat find a way off of the ship, as they say? Uh, another oh, story for dude. another day. But this, um, yeah. this is the topic title of the day, as well as the topic of the day. <laughs> Kev writes, Dion Warwick saw this coming. <laughs> I subsequently fell out laughing <laughs> when I read the actual... Oh, that man don't have no good common sense. That's a deep cut right there, though. Yeah. That's for the grown folks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Young people just just know Dion Warwick as the new Twitter lady. (laughs) Yo, you got to, you have to turn your, turn this off. You need to take it back to A-Track to understand what's going on with that hole. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um. So the reason for all this is Chance the Rapper. This happened in December, by the way, but the world was going so crazy that I actually missed this. Hmm. Um, Chance the Rapper sued by ex-manager for millions in the music business. We'll be talking about it for years to come. All right. It is torrential rain going on outside, by the way. Oh, really? Yes. (laughs) Um, I don't know why I looked out the window trying to confirm. I I can't see anything on yeah. thunder and the whole nine cracking oh, wow. like it's, it's really happening right now all right anyway music business worldwide is the source um if you wanted to know which side of this 
they were on. That's pretty <laughs> clear for you. Um, players involved are Chance the Rapper and his former manager, Pat uh, Corcoran. All right. So this is relatively long, so we're going to have to break this into, you know, compartments. But um, Can we say what Pat's nickname is? The manager? Pat, he, yeah, he went by Pat the manager. I don't know if he still does. Yeah, it's a bit is much. That, is that like if, as your DJ, I went by Kev Life? DJ Kev Life. Sounds, it's the worst cereal ever. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's a bit, I don't know. I hope he didn't get it tattooed. <laughs> the soul, I am thee. It's the oh, Lord of man. the Rings of management. One manager to rule them all. <laughs> um. All right, so this is this is the uh, the writer's notes. Some of this is a bit much for me, but whatever. Okay. Of course, I'm loath to bring up <laughs> the Chance the Rap rapper story, but it does demonstrate how things can go terribly wrong when an independent artist and their manager refuse to sign a rec to, with a record label. Okay, first of all, shut up. <laughs> but anyway, it's shut up. Like, what are you doing? It's shut up. All right? You shut up, too. This ain't about you, but you shut up, too. All right. You can expect variations of this sentence to be uttered with predictable regularity by regularity by record company executives in the years ahead, especially mm -hmm. in front of promising unsigned talent. For years, the story of Grammy winning chance uh, has been held up as the pinnacle of what independent artists can achieve without any label involvement in the streaming age. Mm -hmm. Now, suddenly it's become a cautionary tale. Uh, Monday, November 30th, Chance's longtime manager, Pat, the manager, Corcoran, <laughs> filed a lawsuit against the artist claiming that he owed him more than $3 million in unpaid commissions. Suit filed in Illinois revealed that Chance sacked Corcoran on April 20, uh, 27th of 2020, replacing him with his own brother and father. The artist's dismissal of Corcoran followed with disappointing performance of Chance's first, al first studio album, the Big Day, um, released in July of last year, and the scrapping of a subsequent tour followed by poor ticket sales. I would like to note that COVID, so I don't know if a subsequent mm. tour following by poor ticket sales would probably be notable to COVID happened. Right. So whatever. Anyway, Corcoran's suit sets out the, the, uh, the story of Chance's meteoric rise under the representation of Pat, the manager, LLC. <laughs> It reads, the iconic pair of Pat Corcoran and Chancellor Bennett, Chance's, oh, you know what? Chance. Good job. An artist-manager combo for over eight years together, reimagined and forever changed musical artists' ability to control their careers, electing to forego the operational and financial support of a major label and choosing instead to rely on their own hard work and self-sacrifice. Corcoran and Bennett upended traditional norms, broke barriers, and redefined the music industry. It adds, the combination of Bennett's indisputable music talent and Corcoran's revolutionary, revolutionary management style led the duo to international and critical acclaim, including three Grammy awards. Let's stop there, Kev. <laughs> you think Let's he just there. pulled that off his LinkedIn page? I mean, jeez, <laughs> the manager. Gosh, <laughs> the 
the publicist as well, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kev, you said you said Dionne Warwick uh, could have seen this coming, which is hilarious. But it also begs the question. Like, so you you feel like um, to some degree this was inevitable? Oh, I don't know. I was just talking trash. But I mean, <laughs> it was definitely a comedy of errors, right? Because so you have Chance is coming off of this this. Um, which I thought was like his 18th album, which evidently was his last mixtape. This is stemmed from his quote unquote debut album, Big Big Day. Sure. Um, I, guess. I don't know. Something yeah, like I guess. Yeah, debut record. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, which is, I, I already don't understand what's happening, but um, which by all accounts was not very good. <laughs> it was, it was an album that most people did not buy. Um, so, you know, but people make bad out, you know, <laughs> they can't all be hits, man, you know. And then, yeah, I think COVID probably played a role in ticket sales or whatever he was able to do or not able to do when he was promoting the record. Um, and then, Ch you know, Chance was also getting pulled in a million different directions, right? He's doing goofy Fritos commercials or whatever the hell he was doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um and working on other people's records or featuring on other people's records. And then I think he was like getting ready to get married, um, mm -hmm. which the manager points out was distracting as well. So, you know, all this stuff happens is bad timing, but you know, he, then he cut cuts bait with this dude. It's like, I don't know if you're a manager and it was your business all that tight. And I know, being a manager doesn't mean that you can just sign a piece of paper and then, you know, you're locked in. The artist is locked into you forever, you know, because this is not Motown. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, I, you know, I kind of feel like they were working without a net, with the, you know, without a contract or whatever. And I don't know if that's the Which case. Which usually might is not the case. Be, for yeah, you know. But, um, yeah. yeah, so, you know, he cut bait. And he put his, you know, Chance put his, his family in charge. Yeah. Which, yes. who knows, if he has another hit, then maybe it's the best decision he ever made. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, the, 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 I think your point was the, the, the main point, which is the labels are going to be real quick, you know? Yeah, this is the story <laughs> that proves it. Listen, um, yeah, there's $3 million to fight over. So, yeah. that's the story the record label can... If you want to get my take on this before yeah. I give you my extended take, if the record label was involved, there wouldn't be $3 million to fight over. That's the key. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we're going to tell this story like, see, if you would have just gave us your soul, we right. would have been, everything would have been. No, <laughs> knock it off. All right. We, Cut just it sign out. with us and we can ruin your career much more expeditiously. Yeah, Exactly. Right, and keep all your masters, <laughs> and then we'll keep your free to lay money too. You know, it's easy for us. Like, shut up. Oh, Listen, man. I am very, very familiar with um, with weird management situations. I'm I'm highly familiar with it. Now, I'm I'm much older now. I'm definitely not going to throw any any direct shade at anyone. Um, but here's here's what I'll say more often than not happens with artists and managers, okay? Mm -hmm. And I'll give you the artist's mistake more than I'll give you the management's mistake. 
when you were an, an early going artist, depending upon your level of hotness, so to speak, mm-hmm. people don't really believe in you. You know what I mean? You're just a kid mm-hmm. rapping at that point. You're just some guy that raps. Somebody might think you're dope. Maybe you're a friend of, of a person who actually is mildly successful, right? They're in the studio. They're on their come up. And the, the people are looking down the line. Who's going to be next in this crew to blow? And they might kind of pick you out. Or maybe you're one of the best rappers in your neighborhood. And they're like, and people figure you out, right? And they say, yo, right. let's go through these this understanding and growing as artists and representation together. And there's the dark side. That is the dark side of it. Your manager doesn't know what he's doing either. You see what I'm saying? That's the key. That's the key. And mm-hmm. and you're asking your manager to make these moves in a room full of vultures. Mm-hmm. And your manager is just as green as you are. Right. You know what I mean? So as you start to make these climbs, whatever climb, whether it's meteoric or whether it's, you know, slow and go, you're making a climb as an artist. And people are trying to, as you're making a climb as an artist, I've been through this before. Whatever, wherever an artist reaches, just know that if their record got to you from across the nation, they went through something similar to what I've gone through and many other artists have gone through, which is you're starting to peak and people are paying attention and now they're gauging how much they can involve themselves to get a piece of your growth and rise, Mm -hmm. right? And your manager is still learning. (laughs) Right. You know what I'm saying? So they're now undercutting everything your manager is trying to do. You guys worked on together. They're throwing in their two cents and four cents and six cents and whatever. In my case, this all sort of happened in reverse where it felt like I was managing my manager, which was weird. But in a sense, this is what's happening. So finally, you make it, whatever it is, whatever the stage that you and your manager first talked about. Some people talk about tour. Some people talk about getting on a premiere track whatever the initial goal that you and your manager are reaching and in in uh the manager and chance's case this had to be something much larger right no we're gonna do this on our own we're gonna go avoid the label route we're just gonna keep pushing we've seen this story before let's 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 keep all the cake and pass out the cake as we decide so i get it i totally get it that's that is the dream right and they were able to do it I know I'm being long-winded here, but I do want to. I, I want people to really understand how this works. They were able to do it successfully without giving in because a lot of times we had this conversation months ago about like how artists just give in after a while. It becomes difficult. You got to eat, man. Like you, you know, you take that deal. Right, like, right, right, right. Yo, just give me this three hundred dollars so I can go to McDonald's. I'm starving, right? Um, and in in many cases, it's like a production deal or or some other random deal that's not even you know, where you're now on a list behind another list, which is behind this other list, which is in the back closet of some other dude's <laughs> list, which is now down the street and up the street from another list. And then they move that list out to Rancho Cucamonga and you can't even find that <laughs> list. Like it's, that's how far back sometimes you you press the stop button, right? So they were able to take it about as far as you can take it, mm-hmm. right? But your manager still doesn't know what he's doing. And by that, I mean, with every new step, your manager has to learn something new. Right. You're, you, you understand what I'm saying? Like, your manager may now understand the radio game, but he doesn't understand the flip a home to pay for production deal game or whatever is happening. He doesn't, There, there's so many different games your manager has to learn before he's in Jimmy Iveen's chair or, you know, where, wherever um, um, 
you know, I'm sorry, I'm I'm drawing a blank. Like where Suge Knight ended up sitting or what have you, through he got there through different means. But you understand my point. Like there's still these steps to becoming what people think they want in their next level of their career. Maybe Chance wanted to be an actor or whatever. And meanwhile, I'll close with this point. Everyone's in the artist's ear. Yeah. Everyone. Mom, dad, uncle, best friend, cousin. Cousin ain't never seen a contract in cousin's life. Mm-hmm. Cousin upside down on 65 credit cards. <laughs> giving you financial advice. And, and all while your manager doesn't all the way know what he's doing with every new stage. He has to learn it just like you have to learn it. And mm-hmm. you're watching other artists eat. Well, why can't my deal be like? Such why can't I have it like such and such or such and such is doing this? Your manager has to learn that. So I'm a little bit on the side of the manager here because I've seen it and given their success. But I'll throw one real quick dart at you though. A lot of artists are managing their managers. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. Right. Way more than you ever want to know in this industry are managing their managers. And a lot of times. A lot of times y'all eating off of the artist knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I'll give him his money back. But that's that's my long story short. You know what I'm saying? Or but that's, long story I, long. I feel like this is a very unique circumstance. I think nine times out of ten when an artist walks into a label with the manager who's not, you know, Irving Azoff or whatever, some shark mm-hmm. or veteran kind of, you know, shark may be a bit unfair. Or not, but no, you know, it's not. if it's not a vet, you know, OG manager who's who's got a track record, nine times out of ten, when they say you might need to, <laughs> you might need a different manager, they're probably right. But you know, there are loyalties involved in whatever. the The thing that jumped out at me is that the manager. What I couldn't tell is if. The three million that he's saying are unpaid commissions, if that's on top of the three million that he already says that he floated to Where fund the did project. You, get this from? you got so somehow by hook or crook, this guy who's your manager, who generously should be getting twenty-five percent of what you've made so far, if that Ooh, that's a lot. Somehow <laughs> I know, somehow has three million to float. Then you don't. <laughs> it's like well, he, Either you've made some bad decisions or or he just had a lot of faith that you guys were going to be cool, you know, but he put that I, money on the table, you know. Can I throw this out there? Is this fair? Stop me if this is not fair. Cut, you know, we can edit this out. <laughs> a lot of trust fund successful artists out there. Uh there are a lot well, of artists who a lot of artists who came in with money. So I'm when I if if I'm reading this right, he had 2.5 million to put in. But but I don't think that I think that was after the success that they had. Okay, I'm assuming so that he, it was after the he, and also Chance. I don't think comes from you know it's not like Chance was was not able to live in the early days when. They were creating this level of success, and I. This is all right. speculation. I, I certainly don't know. Sure, but sure. but um, you know, just like stuff happens, and there can be a comedy of errors with this album. There can be a series of just you know decent decisions, unified. You know, we're going to stick this out as indies, 
but also a lot of good luck, you know, getting on Kanye's radar or, or, you know, having this unique sound or this sort of unique lane where he's the, he's the, the good guy rapper and he's got some skills and, and then ends up with a couple of great songs. And then, you know, suddenly everything's taken off. Um, a lot of that is still, still, you know, you can have all that and still require some luck. And he got all of that. And it, you can say that it was the manager or not. It doesn't matter. That right. happens. And it doesn't right. matter. But then, but every artist goes through a period. I know there are very few there. I would say that if I had to hazard a guess, I would say that at least 75% of artists that we think of as successful, one, they're probably not all as successful as you think, but the ones you think of as successful at some point in their career, after they established that first sort of wave of success, they started to think about, do I really want to be with this manager? If anyone should have said, yes, I should, it's probably chance. Possibly. I, I'm not knowing the behind the scenes and maybe this guy is a Possibly. weirdo or whatever, who knows, but... But if nothing else, he talked, you know, he he either went along with Chance, who didn't want to sign a, a major label deal, or he actually got to talk, him, he, he was able to talk him into not signing a major label deal. Either way, it don't matter. You're I had the same mentality as Chance going mm -hmm. into this. Whatever they, and, I mean, obviously Chance ended right. up way more successful, but uh, we didn't want to sign with a major. That right. We wanted to avoid a major as long as we possibly could. And when we did, we wanted to sign a label deal, right? right. So... Um, so a lot of people had to forego a lot of upfront money they would have received if they worked with me. Mm -hmm. I think that's a fair, a fair thing to say, right? Which in a sense is, is taking a chance. Killed it. I just bodied it right now. <laughs> no, let me do it again. Which is the manager taking a chance on on your success in the long term it's, it's pro bono work right. in a sense right so i'm a little bit on on the manager side i mean i've i've over the years i've i've watched a lot of really really good managers do a lot of really good work for artists mm -hmm. um and really i I'm, I'm giving a lot of credit to managers but i think on this show i want to give a lot of shout out to publicists I think publicists have done a lot of the the hardest work mm. in in our industry over the last couple of years because there have been quite a few artists that I'm like, that record wasn't ready. It was a good record by far, but it was not ready for the prime time public you know uh, publicity it received, and you sold that record like it was a thing, mm -hmm. and somehow people bought it, and I'm I'm all for it. I'm happy for the artist, but I know just. As an artist looking back on my first project, I'm like, whoa, that record, that record wasn't ready. You know what I'm saying? That it just wasn't. It was a good record, nothing wrong with it, but I know it wasn't ready. So I'm speaking, mm -hmm. I'm speaking internal and external. So all this to say, don't nobody know what they're doing every step. Everybody's learning. You know what I mean? Right. To replace the manager with your dad and your brother. I also understand because as you move into this untrustworthy ground. I, you just want to be closer to people that you, you know, f know have your best interest in mind, and that's one of the most difficult things about the record industry is, yeah. your friends become enemies after a while because people start looking out for their own self interest, 
And who's to say that's incredibly wrong? I mean, we talk, we we find a protagonist and antagonist in all of these stories sure. because we like one artist more than the other. But shoot, listen to the whole story and, and you might see that both people were right to choose their own self-interest because one had a chance of losing far more than the other, maybe. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think I don't about know. it like, you know, if you're a major league pitcher or whatever and you tie your shoes the same way every night and chew the same brand of bubble gum every, every game or whatever, every time you start and you know, you do the exact same, you have the exact same rituals. It's like, if, if it's working, mm-hmm. do whatever you can to stick with it, man. Cause there's a lot of luck involved. That luck is going to come and go. It's going to ebb and flow. The success is going to, is, 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 you know, might not always be at the level that it's at. But uh, if you find that formula, man, it, you're one of the very few. So, you know, who knows? We'll see what happens. Well, let's call it what but, it is. Man. But yeah, also, if you get, if you end up with the, uh, you got, you know, several million dollars to, to send back and forth to each other on Venmo, it's like, you know what? You probably <laughs> you got a it. decent thing going. You Settle down. You did an excellent Settle job down. on a mixtape. <laughs> but let's call this what it is before we move on. Mm. Two things. People who don't sign with labels drop mixtapes. I will say that. Mm. And right, like I remember Drake's first success. Like those weren't records, right? They were mixtapes and street albums and blah, 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 blah. Like I still don't understand any of it. I don't understand any of it either because the singles are on the radio. So it's like, okay, now what is this? What project did I buy? Oh, I bought it. Okay, fine. It's a single. You cleared the samples too? Is it a mixtape if you're clearing the samples? Like Mm -hmm. what are we doing? But um, let me lean in real close for this one. Uh-oh. This was his first studio record, right? <laughs> Whatever that means, yeah. I think Ooh, that was to put a lot on it. That maybe it didn't need. That maybe maybe that album didn't particularly have the uh, shoulder strength to be able to bear that weight. I as disagree. it turned out, I think it was the first studio record, like the first official. We going head in, you know, going for the particulars. It's mm-hmm. not. We're not just going kind of you know, have the homies do five songs and then one song by Kanye, whatever. I haven't listened to his music, so I don't know how much the case is, but I'm going to say this. When it's time to put that record out, boy, that fire get hot, don't it? Mm-hmm. You get to firing people and breaking up with folks and, <laughs> woo, that fire get hot, don't it? That first record fire burn, boy. <laughs> that first record fire hot, ain't it, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> woo. That first official would feel. I know that everything changed. Nothing record felt like felt like God was chasing me up the street. It was (laughs) like we finna put this out. Wait, right now? So today? (laughs) And I'd had price I paid out before, and price I paid had. I'm not bragging on this, but price I had Babu on it, Evidence on it, Khalil on it, Redmatic on it, like. It was ready. But everything changed. Nothing felt like felt like a weight. <laughs> that felt like a problem. <laughs> yeah, folks. Yeah. You know what I mean? That fire, fire burned them, huh? <laughs> yeah, chance. I know what happened to you, bro. <laughs> Work it out with your manager, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Better to dance with the, you know, dance with who you brought to the jam. Yeah. Um, Dance with Chance. 
This could be the title of your next that. album. Make him change his name, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a lot of peaks in this audio, by the way, so I apologize for that. But, um, <clears throat> all right. Kev, do you know what the price of Bitcoin is right now? Is it still at, is it at 40? No, actually. It took like a 10% drop or something like that. It's at 32. Oh. It went okay. to 42 or 3 and dropped down to 32 in like a week. Mm-hmm. I saw um, I saw the dip. Yeah. I didn't know what now, the peak was. A lot of, um, we've, I've been talking about this with my neighbors. Um, you know, I knew quite a few people, especially around the time we were making the records that we're talking about together, mm-hmm. like that were into Bitcoin, but it wasn't a thing. Like, mm-hmm. People had them. People yeah. were buying pizza with them. Like it was just a, a joke, right? Mm-hmm. 10,000 Bitcoins for like a pizza. <laughs> it's like whatever. <laughs> um, and I started hearing these stories when Bitcoin first raised, rose to like $1,000 that people started looking for this Bitcoin. But this is on your old college computer. That hard drive with all of the porn you downloaded uh, was gone. And <laughs> and right back when you used to download it. Um, and you don't used know where to. that is. And people, <laughs> right? Uh, if you are, what are you doing? Just, just stop doing that. Um, but... Speaking of passwords I need to find. <laughs> this show is a family show. <laughs> okay. I started hearing stories about people losing their hard drives a long time ago. Looking, digging for these hard drives. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Gifting these computers to their parents or their ex-girlfriends and being like, how do I now figure out how to get these computers back, right? Because they had a thousand Bitcoins on there and it was at a thousand dollars. I didn't know these people personally, but I'm imagining that whatever bridge they jumped off of still remains now that it's at 32,000. <laughs> I don't know which bridge they chose to jump off of, whether it's San Pedro or Pasadena. But um, mm. however y'all felt at a thousand. <laughs> realizing you wiped that hard drive because you got a virus on it from downloading Debbie Does Dallas. Man. Sufferers. Mm-hmm. Anyway. That leads me up to this story, Kev. What story? Oh, there's a story. There is a story. Um, so Kev has titled this Cash is King. Shout out to my man Cash is King in the house. Um, <clears throat> Bitcoin Cash owners rules. are getting rich. <laughs> Everything around me. Bitcoin owners are getting rich because the cryptocurrency has soared. But what happens when you can't tap that wealth because you forgot your password, your digital wallet, or password to your digital wallet? This is reported by the New York Times. The players involved are broke rich folks. Just a quick story here. Stefan Thomas, a German-born programmer living in San Francisco, has two guesses left to figure out the password that is worth, as of this week, about $220 million. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually probably worth more. It's way more now, right? Now, yeah, the story's older. (laughs) Oh, man. The password will let him unlock a small hard drive known as an iron key, which contains the private keys to a digital wallet that holds 7,002 Bitcoin. It's just rounded up. 
whatever. <laughs> While the price of Bitcoin dropped, yeah, you're right. Um, as of the whatever day this was, Monday, it's still up to 50%. It's up more than 50% from just a month ago when it mm-hmm. passed its previous all-time high of 20,000. Right now, it is sitting at 32,000 and going back <laughs> on a rise, guys. The problem is that Mr. Thomas, years ago, lost the paper where he wrote down the password for his iron key, which users which gives users 10 guesses before it seizes up and encrypts, encrypts its contents forever. Mm. Oh my God. He has since tried eight of his most commonly used passwords to no avail. Tales of encrypts. <laughs> good. Very good. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. You know what I had to say when I read this? Was that? Oh well. <laughs> oh. oh, this is why we can't have nice things, Trek. We can't. It was weird. I believe that Bitcoin, the value of Bitcoin, is backed by situations like this. To be honest with you. <laughs> no, I'm dead, I'm dead serious. All the lost hard drives I spoke about before, which again, mm-hmm. I know two people personally that, that that's happened to. They're not close friends of mine, but they're friends enough for me to know the story. And um, I'm talking thousands, thousands and thousands and thousands of Bitcoin are are just lost. Yeah. And they're never going to be the, recovered. That's what the article said. And in yeah. fairness to this guy, he was paid in bit, Bitcoin for some web design that he did a, a, a long time ago. Yeah. So, you know, at the time when you were talking about where it wasn't wasn't worth as much, people weren't on, you know, didn't have it at the front of mind or whatever. Yeah. And so oh, he kind like of forgot bucks. about it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 7,000 so. and two. Yeah. <laughs> 60 bucks worth or whatever. If Was that. This- is this the article? Because I think I read a couple articles about this dude, but there were people that were tweeting at him like, have you tried password one, two, three, four? <laughs> guest. I, the first thing I thought was guest. guest. Password guest. Straight Archie. Admin, admin, admin. <laughs> admin, admin. No, dude, look. <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> If you're in this situation, because this is a once in a lifetime chance. It's like when my dad missed the lottery numbers by two numbers and the numbers were reversed. Oh, no. Yeah, it was like 46 and he had 64 and and like 32 and he had 20. I swear, I swear, we all were like, that was it. You're That's it. You'll never have another chance to get rich again. <laughs> that's it. You know what but I'm there are a series of... F, 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 and F. F probably. F. Probably. We weren't around for him. But that was my brother. I remember distinctly my brother saying, that was your shot. <laughs> it's, it, that was your chance you of greatness, close, eh? yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's it. Should have hit those free throws, buddy. You know what I'm saying? Coach lets you in the game for one reason. You could have hit the game winning free throws. Oh. Everybody else was injured or fouled out. You missed both of them. You're not going to the pros, bro. He's in there like Rudy. Right. <laughs> you make those free throws, you get drafted 58th. <laughs> they remember your name. Or 85th. Either way, who cares? <laughs> right. 
Anyhow, no, this is awful, Kev. I feel so horribly for these people because you're yeah, watching. It's, it's, it's not, you know, terrible. It's terrible, dude. Terrible. And by all accounts, this dude has done very well since, like, he got in, he got sure. back in. So it's just, but he's got this, he's got this uh, $200 million hole in his pockets. What I happens think, when you uh, mess with my money? Oh, for real. I think one of the things that's one of my biggest regrets. <laughs> when uh, we were doing records or whatever, somebody had offered to pay me like 50 Bitcoin for a verse. And I remember looking it up and it was like like 17 or $20. But they were like, Bitcoin's going to blow up, man. You should take this now. And I was like, yeah, can you just give me real money? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? You know what I mean? And now I'm like, God, dude. If I'd have just taken that 50 Bitcoin, because I had saved all my whole old hard drives. They're just chilling in various little drawers here or there. You know who would have told you to take the Bitcoin? The manager. Yeah, the, man, that, the manager. Yes. Poor guy. <laughs> oh, man. That was it. That was my shot. I'll never get a chance to be rich again. <laughs> I should have just taken the 50 Bitcoin. Take the $17 for all your hard work, Trek, because you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Underground rap. That's why. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I could go on and on. I'm sure I'm boring the listeners at this point, but I, it's it's... To me, this is the value of Bitcoin, and people who bought it recently are the ones that are truly winning. But all of the college kids with their acne and their pizza purchases are all now working in tech or playing video games, pissed off because they can't find their old Bitcoin. Yeah. That's hundreds of millions of dollars. (laughs) That's why I put all my money into vinyl. (laughs) That's a wise investment. (laughs) <laughs> the manager would have definitely agreed with that oh, oh boy alright y'all thank y'all for tuning in man oh yes we appreciate y'all I am your homeboy Trek Life and that is your fam Kev's Dakota I'm saying <laughs> Thank y'all for tuning in. Again, if you would like to catch past episodes of Rap Sucks Radio, you can go to rapsucksradio.com or any of your favorite podcasting platforms. And if you would like to see this on television, oh man, I almost did it again because Chance is from Chicago, but I said I I promised I'd never do that song again. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do it. I got to come up with another one or find another one though. Um. You can go to BTSN Pass. That's Behind the Scenes Network. What you do is you download the app on your Roku, your Fire Stick, or your Fire TV. You go ahead and click on the app or channel, whichever one is named on that platform. And we are right there. We got our own section and everything. Shout out to Polly Rob and, of course, yep. my man, Bob Drew. I would also be remiss if I did not give a very special... Um, I mean, it's not really a shout out in a sense. It's kind of a somber moment. But rest in peace to the all-legendary Los Angeles al jackson um my favorite dj of all time period mm-hmm. um, i've i've said as much before his passing and i will say as much and, until my last breath that was my favorite dj uh, the city of los angeles is heartbroken and um rest in peace brother yep. so with all that being said we will catch y'all next time and on the count of three we say peace one two three Peace. Peace. Oh, See well. well. <laughs> we out, y'all. <laughs>